Welcome back. This is Headful of Hannibal, your Baltimore-based Fanable podcast. This is Amy. I'm Jen. Justin. And we are back to talk about season three, episode four, Aperitivo. Mm. We had a bit of a break because it was a busy fall for everybody with shows and things oh and my commitments and fall and birthdays. birthdays. Oh, birth- witchy things so, for me. Yeah. So many birthdays, actually. So many birthdays. Uh, but yeah, so, and we had to grab this weekend because Justin's going to go be a rock star in New York City and DC. <laughs> and also importantly, I'm coordinating Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> I would like to give kudos to Justin, who stepped up to the plate because I was like, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> because a, a weekend to the month, uh, no one in the family has said anything. So like, my turn to shine. <laughs> there you yeah, go. Yeah. We're, we're, my family's not very motivated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most motivated, but thank you, Justin, for taking care of that. It will be delicious, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so I wrote down, I hadn't done this in a while, but the um, part of the meal meetings with the names of oh, the episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Aperitivo, um, this is from a website called An American in Rome. Uh, it refers to an early evening drink that is meant to open the appetite, often made with bitter liquors because an aperitivo is meant to prime your stomach for dinner, the main event, <laughs> which I felt really fit with this episode Perfect. because after I watched it, yeah, I was like, it is one of those, not filler, but like, like kind of contextual episodes where you're getting all of this sort of, not even just plot, but like emotional context. Yeah. It's like the story so far where everybody is. It reminds me of when you see musicals, like right before the end of the first act and everybody sings their little song about where they are yeah. in life. And they're like, oh, shit, it's going to go down in the next act. Yes. Like right there. Yeah. So it definitely felt like like when it finished, I was like, oh, shit, the episode's done. Mm-hmm. There really isn't action. No. It's a, unless it's like rehashed action. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, I looked that up and I was That's like, perfect. oh, this feels really, really appropriate. Um, plus the whole like open your stomach and they redo the Mizumuno <laughs> stabbing. And I was like, oh, how many times can we watch this? Great. Uh. Um, today we are drinking, I don't know if this actually has a name. Um, my parents pass along their uh, garden and gun magazines to us and it was a cocktail of mm. bourbon infused with Lapsang Suchong, is that okay. how you pronounced it? Sure. Smoked yep. tea. Yeah. Um, and then you make an, is it oleo sacrum? It's a sugared oil where you mash citrus fruit peels uh, with sugar mm. and let it sit and it creates sort of the sugary oil. That's why it's so citrusy. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. so good. And then this you mix really the yummy. two of them together with some crystallized ginger. And you're supposed to put a charred orange slice on top. Mine didn't really charge char. I used the uh, kitchen torch, but you know, any excuse to pull the kitchen torch out? <laughs> um, This is delicious. I mean, I love bourbon, but mm. this is, yeah, like the citrus is intense. Yeah. It's really good. But it helps like tamper down the bourbon mm-hmm. a little bit and it's a very light you don't heat the alcohol so you it's a very light infusion mm-hmm. of because i actually don't like smoked teas yeah it's and, funny when i read the recipe for this in your notes i don't like the lapsang sushan either mm-hmm. 
it's just too much for me. Well, I don't <laughs> like tea anyways, but it, I don't taste it in here yeah. in the way that, yeah, it's not like a one note thing. Yeah. And it was, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I don't have this tea. Where do I find this tea? Not going to find it at the regular grocery store around where I live. Mm. So I, um, I for, stopped in Target for something else and decided to take a look and they actually had a Harney and Sons one. And oh. it's supposed to have sort of a bourbon flavor to it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I was afraid it was going to be disgusting and gross, but uh, it actually wasn't bad. No, so. it makes sense with all the other stuff in it. Yeah. So yummy. I, I think I'll save some of the tea bags to make this again. Oh. And mm-hmm. then I think I'm going to pass the rest of the tea bags on to somebody who likes this better because mm-hmm. campfire. So I got a cocktail uh, Thursday night. That had a smoked, really mm-hmm. smoky mezcal in it. Mm. Um, and it was good. Danny Trejo. The Danny Trejo. <laughs> but it was a little, um, it was a little bit strong. A little mu- yeah. This is not, me. this is perfect. Yes. So, and I thought that something bourbony would be mm. good because it's like fall hit hard. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make these at Christmas. Mm. I'll make sure I get you the recipe. The, the, uh, you gotta, you have to use a lot of lemons. Mm-hmm. Um, actually that, little quarter cup that I had to make the cocktail yeah. was four lemons and two clementines. Wow. So I think if you use like a bag of lemons mm-hmm. um, and then maybe a couple oranges, yeah. you could probably get a lot more. And then um, there was a recipe to make that sugared oil where the person said he uh, juices the lemons and then I think uh, add sugar to make like a lemon syrup and then uses it to make drinks like mm. lemonade and stuff so that was a lot about cocktails <laughs> we have an array hey. of beverages today we also have coffee <laughs> uh so in stuff that i had links i had collected since the last time we got together um i want to point out i think it was in the last one i talked about the whole little meow meow meme yeah you did um and I'm just going to put a link in the show notes. Stitch Media did a contextual post that's really good explaining where that meme came from, which is through <laughs> BTS fandom, and how it is now getting applied to, um, as you said, like, particularly your white villain sort of absolving them of their crimes or problems because you like them and you think they're <laughs> smooshy and cute like a little cat. Uh, and it was a very good explanation and roundup of how that gets deployed that's hysterical and i mean you know to call hannibal the little meow meow is like the funniest thing (laughs) because aren't doesn't somebody do art with him as a cat probably yeah i can like see it in my head and i think there's at least two times in the text where they talk about him as a tiger or a lion Mm. yeah um (laughs) I was uh I was like it's funny but you can't let people get away with let you can't yeah. let the characters get away with that kind of thing if that makes sense like I, you can't lose sight of the villains being villains right um the next thing I had found was an Instagram art account that I somehow ran across for word of honor it may have shown up in a rec center mm. but I'm not sure or maybe through Twitter. Um, but it is the Instagram user artist underscore Lynn, L-I-N. It is watercolor art. And if you go in, it starts out with some word of honor. There's a little bit of uh, Robert Pattinson in there. <laughs> and then there is a shit ton of Hannibal. <laughs> and it's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Years of Hannibal watercolors. Mm-hmm. And adjacent 
art. Like there's some Death Stranding. Mm. Um, there's some watercolors done off of some of Mads's um, photo shoots. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful work. And it is. Um, I pointed out, I recommend looking at it actually through the Instagram app because the artist lays them out. Um, it's three across. So your left hand image will be like multiple close ups. The middle image is a single shot of the entire piece. And then the right hand image is the sketch, the starter oh, wow. sketch for the whole thing. So you've got it all laid out right across oh my there. Um, so yeah, it was so pretty. Mm. I think they have a red bubble store. So maybe you can get prints. Cool. Because I need more fan art that I do not hang on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I have such a backup of fan art and posters now. I have to put up my the untamed, the bookmarks and the prints that yeah. I got that go with them. Yeah. You've got wall space. I know. Just it doesn't do want my fan art all over our living room. <laughs> I don't mind the fan art. Mm. I think we need no. to change the wall colors first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. I was going to put a, put it up in my office, and I think what I might do is put up um, like those really narrow shelves where you can prop mm-hmm. pictures up so mm-hmm. that I can move mm-hmm. them around instead of putting a lot of oh, nails Oh, that would in the be wall. cool. Yeah. Or I thought about putting up a picture rail. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I don't buy rugs because I can't make decisions and I don't hang up <laughs> art because I can't make decisions. I like, like I have some fan art in my living room and um, a, a Hannibal um, by a, uh, who's the artist? The one who does all the halos. Wise Nail? Wise yeah. Nail? Um, that I really love. But I like it because it's kind of like, on the down low mm. like you don't know it's Hannibal it just looks like some sort of cool painting yeah. and then if you know you know and if you don't you don't but otherwise it just looks like some semi beatific person right yeah. is it one of the prints that we picked up at when the comics? no I ordered it um probably off of Redbubble or wherever her stuff is but it's the one of him like a full of him standing in the dark and then the um the his like demon self is behind mm, him yeah and yeah i have my own cubicle at work now and so as opposed to the last place i worked where mm-hmm. i was not allowed to put anything up right now it is encouraged people uh-huh. are like do you need help do you want more <laughs> bulletin boards would you like something else to put stuff up and so i um I wanted something Hannibal in my mm-hmm. cube, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I know most stuff. I'm like, I don't feel like answering people's questions about what I've got up in my cube. Yeah. So I did have, I shoot, I can't remember the artist, but it was a postcard uh, picked up at one of the cons mm-hmm. that is sort of a line drawing from Mizumuno. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a line drawing of Hannibal standing outside in his kitchen with the knife in his hand. And mm-hmm. there's sort of a slight blood splash. And that mm-hmm. says in the pantry, he's in the pantry. Um, and I have it. My boss actually came up and she's like, I love all the things you put up. <laughs> She's like, tell me about them. And I'm like, well, this card's from here and this card's from here. This is from a Hannibal fan artist. (laughs) I was like, these are some little cards I got. I'm like, and here are my favorite people in (laughs) K-pop. So, (laughs) yeah, I I used to have a cubicle. So I was really... um, and used to work with a bunch of people before COVID. So I was used to... But because it's a mental health nonprofit... 
I was like very careful about mm-hmm. the images <laughs> I put up because we had like trainings there and stuff and I didn't want anything that like had any triggering whatsoever. Mm. But now nobody's there and my office is like in an office office behind a door. So I'm like looking at the walls. <laughs> you should find the like the wildest, like goriest Hannibal art. Just make that a poster on the back of your door so it, you only see it when the door shuts. That's so good. Now you just do get a it. full body cut out of that. <laughs> like tape it to the door. Just bloody Hugh Dancy. <laughs> Who's that nobody? Oh, no, I'd be like, oh, no, let me tell you about this. <laughs> you know, everybody in fandom is just waiting for someone to be like, oh, who's that sticker? <laughs> You're like, my time has come. Let's go. Yeah, you open up your PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> How long do you have? I have the five minute version and the 35 minute version. We could be here all day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was nice being able to... Uh, put some stuff yeah. up. took me a while i just put it up with washi tape so i can that's move it around though. that's awesome um <sighs> let's see what's up next oh um i was working through a bunch of the you're wrong about podcasts mm-hmm. and they had one about ed gein mm-hmm. who um is called a serial killer but they point out he really wasn't a serial killer is he, he the one that dressed up like a clown no that is some other guy john wayne Casey. oh right okay john yeah is wayne in his name i don't know i've seen his pa- some of his paintings in person in like oh, a sort of God. oddities yeah. um antique store in new orleans in like 1996 mm. mm. i was like i was looking along the wall and i saw the little card identifying it and i looked up and i was like oh <laughs> Yeah, that's one of his comp paintings. God. Um, okay, so not that guy. No, he um, was known for when they went into his house, he had um, like upholstered things with human skin and mm. made lampshades of human mm-hmm, skin. Mm-hmm. And like, he was he was an inspiration for Psycho and oh. Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs. Oh, okay. But they point out that he didn't, he did kill two people, mm-hmm. but that was like right before they caught him. And, and I don't think he ever said why, but he killed two people in his town. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was more of a grave robber. Oh, is what he was doing. Um, so he would rob the graves and then make stuff out, out of yes. them. Yes. In particular, I think, uh, he would go for, um, older middle aged women who, uh, were similar to his mom. It was a good episode. And I mean, it's kind of sad because you're, I mean, my take, I was like, this person had problems. Yeah. (laughs) Like had, and um, obviously they shouldn't kill people, uh, but it was like, I don't know if he was like fully aware of what he was doing for Mm -hmm. some of the stuff they talked about, but um and I think they might have. Uh, I can't remember exactly how they convicted him. He he died in jail mm. when he was older. Mm. Um, but it was a good because you know he's often put up there as like he's one of our you know mid century serial killers. And yeah. Like, well, not actually, which is why it was part of you're wrong about, which is a great podcast. Um, the next thing was one of Gavia Baker Whitelaw's articles for the Daily Dot, and I hit this one because we've talked about true crime podcasts, mm-hmm. and it was true crime fans are turning Gabby Pit- 
Petito's disappearance mm-hmm. into entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, it highlights the missing white woman syndrome, which mm. is when the disappearance of white women receive more coverage than that right. of missing people of color. Yeah. Um, and it was just since we had talked about true crime podcast yeah. and then watching this whole thing unfold in real time and seeing all the stuff like the, this, you know, how it's the, it's sensational and people are being armchair detectives yeah. and people are putting up like quippy social media posts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this whole thing is fucked up. Yeah. It was really fucked up. I try not to pay attention to it because. It's like, oh, really? We're going to do this? Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah. And I forget the statistics of how many other women have been missing in that park, but it's a lot. Mm. And non-white women. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know at the time <clears throat> there was, and I think Gavi might pointed out in the article of some other people mm. who had recently disappeared. And they were like, well, what about so-and-so? And what about, mm-hmm. so- like, mm-hmm. what about these people? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it was it was hard, and this is why I'm careful about my true crime consumption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why you don't go camping. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't go camping because your tent leaks, Jen. <laughs> I'm just saying, if we knew the real statistics of how many people get horrible things happen to them in nature... <laughs> We wouldn't be going into a nature lot of times, so much. A lot of times it's their own damn fault. <sighs> I saw the thing about that poor the family and their dog that died in, uh, I think it was California, and they were like, was it, had something been released into the environment? Was there some sort of random plant thing yeah. that happened? They died of heat stroke and I think dehydration. Oh, that's terrible. Because they had gone out into a, and went hiking like yeah. through the day when it got up over a hundred degrees wow. where they lived. And that's the kind of thing of like some people go out really unprepared. Yeah. I mean, that would be me too. I'd be totally unprepared. I don't know how to like live in nature. <laughs> no, no, no. You'd be camping with me and I would be pulling <laughs> things out of every tougher rubber made possible. Like, do you need a blanket? Do you, do it's you need true. a warmer? <laughs> but I mean, that's why you should stay in a hotel or at least a well appointed cabin. Something. Where you don't have to deal with the elements. Uh, I do want to go. Or at least where there's trained St. Bernard's. Yeah. <laughs> Rescue, brandy. I'm going to go for brandy. <laughs> we can... Um, Come back with more brandy. We can see if we can train the dogs to, to rescue us. Oh, God. I wouldn't be waiting on mine. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. She's, she's just like, oh, look, squirrel. Oh, look, another squirrel. She's still young. Yeah. Um, I post... I'm not going to repost this image, but I'll post a link to this... Reddit, our Hannibal Reddit post. Um, it was for fans of the Magnus Archives, which I keep hearing about, but I'm not. I'm not really into podcasts that are story podcasts, so I never listen to it. Oh, but yeah. I know people okay. do like it and cross mm-hmm. fandoms. Mm-hmm. And it said. Why you should watch Hannibal if you love the Magnus Archives, and I wanted to highlight a couple of the dot points, which were. <laughs> Highly disturbing and dark show that the fan base seems to believe is a ro- romantic comedy. Um, what was that? Well, it couldn't get more bizarrely disturbing than that. Consistently proved wrong. <laughs> fan base has intense love-hate relationship with main villain. Fucking piece of shit, you say, as you set your phone background to a picture of them. <laughs> 
main character's development more of a corruption arc than a redemption arc. But let's be honest, you're rooting for it. Mm-hmm. I do not know where this was originally posted. That's funny. Unfortunately, but uh, I came across it on the Reddit link. So I'll post that. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of a somebody posted from a Tumblr, like a tweet of somebody saying like, how come all these like tender, sweet moments happen in Hannibal right after something like really fucked up happened? <laughs> and they have the picture of them in the bar, like, you know, mm. looking at each other, making like the heart mm-hmm. with their two bodies. And they're like, yeah, that happened right after they found the social worker stuffed inside a horse. <laughs> and the other comment was like, wait a minute, they did what? <laughs> like, yeah. Don't you want to find out how that happened? <laughs> You're going to have to watch the show. Welcome to Hannibal. Oh, it's it's Mom Cat O'Clock. Hi. She has come to terrorize us. She's just like loving up on me today. Mm-hmm. Fall is her season. She's been very happy lately. Um, mostly all over Justin. Oh, I'm and now you. Waiting to see if she's going to do anything <laughs> to my microphone. <laughs> Hi, Mom Cat. <laughs> um, I can't see my notes because they're under your butt. Uh, I wanted to point out that Emin Gary's Sleeping in the Knife Drawer fic wrapped up. It was started seven years ago. It wrapped up, I feel like a week or so ago. Wow. Um, and it was really good. Wow. It's really, really good. It I have to finish it up. A AU where they go off to Lithuania together and find the person who killed Misha. Mm. And... It is romantic and gory and oh, sorry. It's also an AU of where Will is a serial killer and Hannibal is the FBI agent. Um, or the FBI, not agent, but whatever he was. Um, and it's, I mean, it's really like, it's a very unlikable Will. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Because there's very like, it's a real fine line. Yeah. Between him being likable and unlikable. It's so true. And I think that, well, they are a great writer. And so mm-hmm. it was really nice to see something again. Okay. Mom cat. <laughs> and I just wanted to mention, cause I've been wanting to mention this for like the last couple episodes that we've <laughs> done. Um, there's a meta analysis called read the rude, um, mm. WordPress. Um, and they've gone through season one and then I, I guess they stopped for a while. I hope they pick up because it's been really interesting to read. There's some good stuff on there. So cool. just, I'll get to that. Yeah. Um, Justin, could you remove the cat? <laughs> Thank you. Wow. There was an extra dose of sassy cat happening all, all over yeah. the table. So I think that was it mm-hmm. to start us off. Um, so we are ready to do our episode recap of season three, episode four, yeah. Paratimo, which I texted you last night to be like, hey, we're recording tomorrow, right? And you were watching the episode as I was about to start watching it. And you pointed <laughs> out that it's Bella dying and it's sad. And then I'm like literally sobbing in the middle of the rewatch, <laughs> which I didn't cry the first time, I think, because I was just taking in lots of, mm-hmm. you know, you're taking in the mm-hmm. whole story. And mm-hmm. this time I was just like, fuck. It's so sad. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, as much as I scream about Jack and how annoying he is, mm-hmm. he's also like this yeah like complex emotional mm-hmm. center of the the story mm-hmm. and 
yeah, their relationship is just so sweet and loving. So to start off, they have the Chilton getting shot scene, which (laughs) was from season two. And I was like, wait, did we already do this? Uh, What am I... And I forgot how gory some of this stuff yeah. was in this episode. Like, oh my god! Like when they're doing Mason's face. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh. It's like, oh, I shouldn't be eating anything while I'm watching this. I forgot. <laughs> you know, some effects person was like, "Yes." Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they reshow it because the next scene is him and Mason talking. So it's like how these two people have been maimed to I'll that. show you Animals. yours if you show me mine. Yes. <laughs> Mason is so gross. He's so gross. <laughs> but how he's like, oh now now that we're really talking face to face once Chilton like reveals the extent of his injuries. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just I'm like, why would anybody want to get you know uh, well Mason doesn't care because he doesn't care about anybody but himself and he thinks he's above all this shit. But mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, Chilton, come on, dude. Like, you should really know not to get involved with this guy. Like, he is trouble. He has a lot of money and no scruples. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Chilton is a narcissist. So he doesn't, all he sees is like, he's the best person in mm. the room. Like, I mean, he, you know, like, He's in a room with Hannibal, and he's like, yeah, we're colleagues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's one of my favorite scenes, <laughs> where Hannibal just, like, cracks up. He's like, oh, yeah, right, we're colleagues. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're totally on the same level. Yeah, I keep believing that, Chilton. <laughs> well, on this, I did point out um, that the – because now, we, is this the first time we've seen the new actor for Mason, Joe Anderson? yeah. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is his first time. Yeah, and I was—I m- made a note to myself. He's having to do a lot of eyebrow acting because mm-hmm. the lower half of his face is just immobilized, mm-hmm. pretty much, except for his jaw movement. Yeah, I remember watching this for the first time and seeing him and like being really happy that he was do- basically doing Gary Oldman mm-hmm. in Hannibal and just referencing that completely. Yeah. Um, it made me really happy. Well, and it's like he took the Mason from season two and dialed it up to 11 mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. i mean when somebody goes through something like that and it, it kind of makes sense like it's so camp i mean mm-hmm. it is very camp <laughs> the whole the whole italy mason verger and that book is just so over the top camp mm-hmm. and um i just love it and i love that like it's it's done by a person that gets that you know like brian fuller gets that level mm-hmm. And everybody clearly does. And I, I'm just so excited because it's building to my favorite episode. <laughs> and Muskrat Farm where uh, things go bonkers. <laughs> well, it was also like I'm watching it. I hadn't watched this since we had gone to Red Dragon mm-hmm. Con and met the actor. And it's interesting to be like that overlay of, oh, this is what this person really sounds like yeah. combined with. Yeah what i remember from the show and it's Uh like so you can see how they're almost how they're getting there yeah um but yeah it's just it's so i love how stylized hannibal is like that's something that really made it perfect for me is just how 
Yeah, the camp of it. This one especially, um, I mean, because it's just about you're catching up on characters before mm-hmm. like the real action starts. It um it it feels like these little vignettes, these like little paintings mm-hmm. of things rather than even though there's kind of a story still happening, but it's like these little paintings mm-hmm. of every character. Yeah. And um and a lot of those like beautiful slow-mo like smoke wafting yes. through blackness or like drops of blood in pools. Well, and like when Will's soldering or a welding and it was like, you have no context for the image that's happening until they pull out into the entire scene. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah. (laughs) Like, can we talk about that scene? (laughs) We are not quite yet, but we're almost there. Okay. Um, Because the next one is going through the Mizumuno and then rehashing the whole scene we've seen already of Will waking up in the hospital mm. and seeing and talking to Abigail, mm-hmm. but revealing how it's actually Chilton mm-hmm. that he's talking to. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes. I had a note here that Chilton sees the distance between most people and Hannibal, but is thinking that that will make him and Will closer. Oh. Like he's trying to get Will to be like, we're really on the human is. side of yeah. things. Cause Hannibal's like way out left field and Will's like, mm. Chilton again, like not reading the room, no. not reading the room at all. He's like, we're best buddies now. We're going to go catch Hannibal. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> which makes me wonder, like, <laughs> If Chilton was around without a Hannibal, mm-hmm. he would be, I think he could be like the big dog, you know, if he was in a different, like, like if Hannibal had never been around. Right, right. Like he would have been that, but in a way, thankfully, Hannibal's there to like take him down a couple notches. God. And, and I think he has no idea of how much Will hates him. Like, he just does mm-hmm. no place, like, thinking that Will's gonna, like, work with him or whatever. And Will's, like, just fucking no. <laughs> it's off. like, mentally, I am building a boat to sail to Italy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to be with the love of my life. What the fuck are you talking no. about? <laughs> like, fuck off. And the line, the the whole thing of, um, this is, is this the one where they had the, well, the, they had this is your best possible world. And you're not getting another one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoo, that's like a real like heavy. Yeah. yeah. To kind of like realize you're in, you're in the place that you're in. Like this is not, it's like you could, I mean, I don't even know if Will could wish things changed, but I mean, he always has that like little regret. Like maybe I had, if I had gone left with him or. Oh, yeah. Truthful, I mean, or- Will in this whole, yeah, this whole episode is just all like just back in the past yeah. thinking about regrets and maybe, maybe we should have had that dinner and killed Jack. And- yeah, killed Jack and like everything would have been better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <I'm> so sad. <laughs> Thank God for fanfic. <laughs> Thank God for fanfic. Um, Oh, I I just made a point to myself that I was like, okay, wait, 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 timeline here. <laughs> Will had recuperated. Yeah. Went to Lithuania. Mm-hmm. Guess he flew there. Came back to Virginia. Fixed his boat up. 
to sail to Italy. Is that how it happened? Wait a minute. Maybe, unless this is sort of going back in time a bit, and it's supposed to be Will sails to Lithuania. You can't sail to Lithuania. Is it landlocked? (laughs) Or at least partially? I always assumed that, like, it had just all happened in Virginia, and then the one before it, we were just seeing in the future, if that makes sense. The Lithuania episode was set in the future? Well, that one comes next. Oh, we're not there yet? I don't think we're there yet. (laughs) No, because we had the Firefly Man episode last. Oh, you're right. Okay. Well, then, I don't know. Maybe this is in the past. I think it's in the past. Oh, yeah, yeah, because in the next one is when when she throws him off the train. Right. So they take a train from Lithuania to Italy. Okay. Because I was like, (laughs) when did he go back to Yeah, I need a timeline, too. But... Well, I would like to point out, I think that sailing across the fucking Atlantic in winter on your, like, little one-person sailboat sounds stupid. <laughs> I, d- dumb. Um, I know that Will's not making good decisions, particularly about his own self-preservation. Yeah. But yeah. There are at least five ports in, in Lithuania. It does touch the sea. Thank oh, you. well, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, my geography's craptacular. I, full disclosure, I had to Google it myself. I oh, yeah, that's what that. Google is for. I was like, where exactly is it situated? Um, I, I mean, in most countries, a lot of... I don't want to say no countries are... There, I think there's very few that are totally landlocked. Mm-hmm. So I assumed it probably had something. Well, I mean, if we're going off of the Baltimore-DC commute theme, why not? why not expand it into Europe... And just say that he can take a sailboat anywhere he wants. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> It'll be easy. You just yeah. take the ferry over. You just, yeah, just call an Uber. <laughs> this reminds me of work now where I get to use the um, the thing where you can track commercial mm-hmm. boats now all the time. Mm. And I'm like, is our stuff coming in? Where is it? I got to go look it up. And it's a little arrow in the middle of the ocean, like trucking its way into like Dink. New York City or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there we are, not stuck in the Suez Canal. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, this is Jack's visit to oh. Will and his idea of like coming up with this official narrative. And I'm like, Jack, this is so out of your, there. Like, you're just, <laughs> you're fucked. Yeah. And, um, But I mean, yeah, Will in this scene is everything. I mean, I watched it and was just like, oh, my God, thank God for Hugh Dancy. Like any other actor, I don't know, would have been able to like pull off the subtleties of all of like the emotions that he goes through saying those lines with his back to Jack, like, and just being like sort of confused about it, confused about his own emotions and maybe a little ashamed and also just like needing to say it because like he's like this is the person you're talking to now jack mm-hmm. like you gotta understand here's where i am well i was like if i if not delivered correctly or by the right person i feel like it would have been like face clawingly like sincere yeah. in a way of like yeah. oh this yeah. is like so cheesy almost mm-hmm. and he yeah like you said he's it's like he's admitting something he doesn't even know how he got to this 
point of saying it. It's almost like it comes out and he's like, I have no idea why I said that. Even like that he's got his eyes are sort of fluttering closed and he's like not stuttering, but kind of, I guess, muttering Mm -hmm. at some point. When he's talking about, like, I didn't choose to call him. I just picked up the, I didn't know what I was going to say. There's a little bit of, um, who's the, 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 the animal guy and the Peter, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like a little bit of that character kind of sneaking in. Mm -hmm. Um, just that like quiet, shy, like, yeah, like, (laughs) well, his own, and almost like a surprise. Like, he was my friend. Like, like, yeah. I wanted to run away with him. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit. Did I really say that? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, I mean, that scene is like everything um, th- for this episode for me. It's just like, that's it. Done. Yep. It was. And, um, and, and like the, it's also the thing. I'm like, what the hell is, like, what is Jack trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. here yeah i actually had a feeling that through the whole thing like like jack was well, in a way almost ready it feels like jack is kind of at a tipping point mm-hmm. he's really in this sort of like in this episode he isn't one way or the other like he doesn't have the same drive that he did through his job as before mm-hmm. But he hasn't quite have the total personal vendetta. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, so he's, he's not really neutral, but he's very like, like, it hasn't gone one way or the other at this point. So he's not quite as, cause he's real shitty to Will about stuff earlier. Totally. And he's not being that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really feel like he's made that resolve yet to yeah. take a step. Well, I mean, I think he's kind of like open and vulnerable, um, given like his, what his, he's going through with his wife. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that like her death, like he's in this like weird, open, vulnerable space. And like we know Jack Crawford does not like to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. He likes absolutes. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's like everybody's kind of like, Bleh. yeah. I was trying to remember how that was handled in the book because the same thing was happening in the books right that his character's wife had died or yeah they make mention of it i think in silence of the lambs that he hasn't been the same since his Mm. wife died they said he's drinking a lot yeah that he's just like really been off his game and and not really like yeah but it's like just sort of as an aside i don't think she's like really in the books at all a main thing yeah um after this we've got Chilton a lot. It's kind of interesting to see, like, you get this person, this person, and then this person, and this person, yeah. this and this one. Yeah. Everybody gets sort of set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and my. <laughs> Are you done? Are you done, bud? Ranger. Somebody dared walk by. Dare. a treat for it now. to walk by. Um, I, my impression of Chilton in this is just him like gloating mm-hmm. over at just ev- like everything, everyone. He's, I, <sighs> but no one's really playing ball with him. He's always like, hey, what? No, no, sorry, Chilton. No, 
Well, and and I noticed that this is really you can like see these steps of Alana from what she was like originally. Mm-hmm. Here I noted she sound hurts the some of the things she's saying reminded me a lot of Bedelia. Oh. Like just the way she's starting to phrase mm. stuff into like the sort of ruthless character that she becomes. Yeah. Down the line. I love her glow up in season three. Mm-hmm. Um I know some people had problems with it because they're like, the character completely changed. And I was like, yeah, I I mean they wrote in the whole bone marrow thing and your personality changes mm-hmm. and I choose to just believe that and go with it. <laughs> when this person that you think that you're dating and you trust and is all this stuff fucking has lied to you is a serial killer and has you pushed out of a window. Yeah. Then I think, and you have it hanging over your head mm-hmm. that this per- he may be coming back to kill you at any point. I mm-hmm. think your personality is going to fucking change. You right. Know? You, it's like self-preservation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like armor. I loved her glow up. I mean, Mm -hmm. the red lips and the like Hannibal like suits that she starts Mm -hmm. wearing. And I was all about it. Oh, and uh, yeah, just the sorry, I'm thinking of her in that black and white outfit. Yes. Yes. So hot. Mm hmm. Um, but the whole like in that conversation, just how everybody is – it just reminded me how everybody's still talking about Will. Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody's constantly fucking talking about Will. And I'm like, how long are these people going to attempt – they're going to keep trying to, like, get Will back or get mm-hmm. him where they want him? Mm-hmm. And, I'm like, at what point are you people going to fucking stop? Mm-hmm. And, and just be like, this is out of our hands. Yeah. And quite frankly, like, if – I kind of wonder if they had just if everybody just backed the fuck off, like mm-hmm. what would have happened? I don't know. Chilton's an asshole. <laughs> um, oh, um, yeah, I was trying to figure out what part of the scene I was referencing, but it's when she goes to visit Hannibal's house, which I had one of those moments of like, "There's no fucking way you're going to be allowed to just." head up into his house right but will was already there so. yes and i liked how they do when she's coming down the hallway that like blending of mm. hannibal and will's voices mm-hmm. it's really cool and i i made a note like the questions that she's asking him are ones that he doesn't want to be asked mm-hmm. and she really like cuts through which she is very astute mm-hmm. and cuts through like kind of the romantic ideas because he's like oh i'm like talking to people or whatever he says and and she's just kind of like that's like this isn't like this terrible thing happened and it's not romantic and even though you like (laughs) this person is your quote-unquote friend (laughs) like this really shitty traumatic thing happened yeah So screwed up. Yeah. But then we get to see Alana go to Muskrat Farm, which is fucking delightful. I know. It's so good. <laughs> that Those too. Which I now, watching that scene of poor Catherine Isabel in the um, stable and knowing that she was is terrifically allergic to horses. Oh, my God. And you can hear it in her voice. Yeah. She's so stuffed up when yeah. she's doing it. And I was like, that is a professional. Yeah. Yeah. And a great job. Murder wives. Murder wives. And just like the eye fucking is amazing. It really is. 
Yeah, and the lines. I mean, the 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 lines are hysterical. Mm-hmm. And I like that he wrote in um that they wrote in that she took the service road because that's a callback to Clarice coming to Muskrat Farms to save Hannibal mm-hmm. and she goes down the service road to get to him in the barn. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> I know. And just like the it I don't know, it's so atmospheric and Mhm. I loved it. Um, but I do like that Margot is already showing that, like, sure, Mason's still technically in charge, but mm-hmm. Margot is starting to gain the upper hand on things. Mm. You're starting to see that, like, ruthlessness come through in her. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't hear that Mason's still just fucking gross. <laughs> He's so gross. He's just... So gross. And then Alana just does not give a fuck. Mm -hmm. And it's like, she's sort of letting him just ramble on. And she's like, whatever, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You can just talk about whatever stupid shit you want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, it's wild to see her there kind of like dealing with Mason and, you know, making a deal with the devil and um, all that. But... I loved it. Well, and I had, I got kind of the impression that like she wasn't necessarily going to try to like do anything about Hannibal on her own, mm-hmm. but she was perfectly willing to take advantage of whatever Mason yeah. was going to do. Well, it makes sense. I mean, he's got the money and he's already looking for him. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of there just to make sure it doesn't get fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Extract her own version of revenge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's when he starts like choking on his own spit and she just stands there and watches I him. I was like, <laughs> I love you. Because I think he could have like, like choked to death at that moment. And she would have been like, oh, yeah, well, well, guess I got to deal with the sister. Um, yay. <laughs> um, then we get to the scenes with Jack and Bella. Oh, yeah. And I made a note that I just love how Bella cuts through like all the bullshit. <sighs> She's so great. She was great. That actress is fabulous. I'm so sad that like they ended up getting divorced I know! because I couldn't. I was thinking about that too. I was like, man, what happened? They're such a cool couple. Sorry, I'm reading my notes. My pen was dying while I was writing these last mm-hmm. night. I was too lazy to get a new one. Um. <laughs> But it's got to be wild to, like, do those scenes, those, like, death scenes and when you're in real life married to each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure. Like, that was something I noticed, I pointed out was that, like, the contrast, like, usually Jack is, like, all business mm-hmm. and everything. But here with Bella, she is, like, the practical person and he is so all emotion like mm-hmm. he's so tender mm. and all that stuff yeah. that, um like i liked seeing that mm-hmm. that flip-flop because sometimes a lot of times i think it gets you know uh, uh this would have been played as like jack is you know absorbed in his work and totally dedicated but right. his wife is there to like bring the emotion and soften things oh, and yeah. in the other way like he is like with her so emotional and she's the whole time through the whole thing her mm. whole illness all of it she's very practical mm-hmm. about it um yeah. and even though she dies i don't feel like it's a like she was fridged <laughs> right no 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 not at all like um like her dying might in a way 
give Jack this, you know, like, in a way, it like t- untethers him from the world mm-hmm. in order to do what he wants to do and mm-hmm. decide if he wants to go after mm-hmm. Hannibal. But he isn't like going after Hannibal because. No. Because he did anything to her. Yeah. Or whatever. Which yeah. I sometimes I think that like. Of Hannibal's quote unquote normal friendships, mm-hmm. like, like he feels, I think Bella's one of the few people that he really respected. And- oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the flowers and the note that he sends mm-hmm. at the funeral are definitely feel sincere. Mm-hmm. They feel like, um, like the notes he writes to Clarice, mm-hmm. like they're very much like, I really respect you yeah. and you're an amazing person. <laughs> I'm going to say that. And I think that I actually had a note that like, if Hannibal had not sent that note, like if that note was that final thing that tipped him towards deciding to go after him, like mm-hmm. if Hannibal had not reached out, mm-hmm. if he may have just let it lie. Hmm. But that I wonder if Jack could see how that Hannibal did respect Bella. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Like, if he he understood, like, if he saw it as, and I can't remember if it's addressed in future mm-hmm. episodes or not. I mean, we'll see. Um, if he felt like it was sort of, like, poking him a bit when he's down kind right. of thing. Or if he did see it as a, um, as an actual, um, like, that she really, yeah. that he really respected her. Yeah. And I, 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 <laughs> I always get tied up on these, like, practical things, but... When it's set and it's, I'm like, uh, how did he get his actual note with the flowers? <laughs> like, he, did he like mail the note to somebody in the States and then get the flowers? You know, <laughs> he's got the name of a florist in Baltimore <laughs> that like does whatever he asks. He like them to overnights. Do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's probably like the third florist because the first you fucked up and he ate them. Yes. <laughs> Could somebody please write an AU or or some uh, some humorous fanfic about Hannibal and his just going through florist? florist. I do remember. Maybe it's one of the ones where. um, Maybe it's the one where Will was like a a tailor Mm -hmm. and. Hannibal gets recommended to him to like make a suit. Oh yeah, and I, that where he cuts the suit off. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I remember how maybe? much inseam measuring was there. <laughs> What's that? How much inseam measuring was there? Oh, none. He just took those <laughs> yeah. scissors and cut that damn suit off. Well. And I remember because the person was, I was like, I could see exactly where this was set in my head. Yeah. I don't know if it was that one or maybe uh, it might have been a different fit. Mm-hmm. But I remember he was at like a grocery store, like a Whole Foods mm-hmm. or something like that, and where it was like the person checking him out and somebody had been rude to her and he was just like, oh no. <laughs> like, I like Done. that's the kind of person we need. We need Hannibal advocating for a living wage. Yeah. I was imagining Hannibal having to bring his own bags now because we have the the band the bag tax um, in Baltimore now. Hannibal uses He would always have his own bags. Very yeah. nice yeah. canvas. Yeah. Reusable bags. Probably possible monogrammed? Oh yeah. <laughs> His NPR tote. <laughs> maybe not monogrammed, but maybe with a little like, I don't know if anybody did. I feel like monogramming stuff would have been a little much for him. Mm-hmm. 
But maybe it would be like a little almost like keychain tag attached with this monogram on it. Does oh, that make yeah. sense? I don't know why. Yeah. I just feel like LR. I'm just imagining so something from like the J. Pyramid Company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's too pedestrian for him. Wait, they have in the, um, like in the original books, they talk about him ordering from that. I'm not going to say this right, but the Hammaker Schlemmer yeah. catalogs, <laughs> which are, don't exist anymore. But Was it like a massage chair? Yeah, or? like all these oh. like really high-end gadgets, basically. Oh. And like, yeah. Oh, that reminds me, Jen, did you work your way through the perfumes? I have. Yeah. yeah. yeah I For have. Jen's birthday, I got her a set of perfume samples from the... Um, place that makes the soap and lotion that Hannibal buys Clarice. That soap smells Hannibal. really good too. It's I think the almond, right? All yeah, all the stuff. Like that soap smells amazing. Really good. Yeah. yeah. He buys he gets her the almond soap and some kind of lotion mm-hmm. and sends to mm-hmm. her. And so the company, which I will Saint something something something. <laughs> Saint Novio something. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um you can order from them. Um, their websites, they have an English website, even though it is an Italian company uh, that has been around since like 13 something or whatever. <laughs> um, and they ship, if you're in the US, they have like their own website and they ship through the US. So oh, nice. you're not ordering it from Italy, which is nice because I was like, I hope I ordered this in time and it came like two days later. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, so I got Jen's soap and, and I got, uh, this perfume like sample set, set of, of like their biggest sellers. Yeah, and stuff. it's fun to kind of try them out. We went away for Jen's birthday, and there was like a perfume spritzing party <laughs> in the hotel room, as you do, as you do. Um, let me look at these real quick. <clears throat> um. No, we did touch on all that. This was just I had a lot of notes about the whole. Um, Bella and Jackson, though I did notice that they, in the same way that they're repeating stuff from earlier episodes, mm-hmm. bits of scenes, they're repeating the thing of the, when they're showing, they're, they're, you can't tell if it's Bella's body being prepared or her getting ready for her wedding day, which yeah. echoes the will and surgery yeah. and Abigail yeah. at the autopsy, like, just, Kudos to the writing and the filming and all that for like so all much this. like beautiful visual consistency mm-hmm. and Hannibal getting ready for court and then putting on the tie and the whole thing. Yes, Will getting ready for yeah. So where I was like, no, he'd be wearing an undershirt. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not going to not wear an undershirt. Yeah. Um. But yes, that whole like and when they show like the little wedding thing and she's walking up the aisle, I'm like, Gina Torres is radiant. She's stunning. And the way that with um. With Jack, like, it's just facial expressions and stuff that makes him look younger. They mm-hmm. don't make him look younger in any way. They don't, mm-hmm. like, degray his hair or anything. Mm-hmm. It's literally just the look on his face. Yeah. Um, that was so great. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, and then during the funeral, I noticed that when Will comes in, mm-hmm. he's wearing his glasses again. <laughs> Of course he is. I was like, Will needs that shield. Of course he is. Particularly around Jack. Yep. Um, Then we have Mason plotting, setting everything up for the rest of this chunk of the season with Mm -hmm. Cordell. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, where the fuck do you find 
people like this? Like, where do you find your murderous, like, nurse practitioner or whatever Cordell's actual... Well, yeah, he makes a he says something about like, oh, you can't practice anymore, like for real. So something happened with mm. Cordell. But, you know, I mean, there's all those things about killer nurses. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like, we're gonna hire these people. Um, and then it's the disgusting Mason face uh, scene, which yeah. just has that dead ringers like mod so all over again. And the, is that where the music comes in? The crazy ass like music part? possibly i was like like, why why was i eating it's got sort of a crazy middle eastern beat to it but it's oh i don't know okay it's one of my favorite it's sort of the whole scene is a little like intense (laughs) i think i'm gonna say probably yes because the scene is very very intense um and then alana's back with mason and she really like gets to the point of mm-hmm. like you're gonna know Hannibal mm-hmm. through his tape like he and it's so funny because he thinks himself is like so above everybody but the fact that he cannot get rid of like he can't hide that his taste and all of that like he it's almost like he doesn't give a shit if he gets caught for it but yeah. he's gonna be consistent to that part of himself Um, and it made me wonder like that was the thing of would she go after Hannibal if there wasn't somebody else to do it. I don't know that she would. Yeah, I don't know. I bet she would. I think she would. The new improved season three. A lot of <laughs> would. I know. <laughs> the more ruthless. Mm-hmm. Um, Will takes to the sea. <laughs> I said, why is he going by boat? It's more romantic. <laughs> also, it ties all that whole like yes. fisherman. Yeah. Yep. Thing. Yeah. He's going to catch a fish. <laughs> it's just with the wind in his hair. I know. I just, <laughs> that was one of those scenes where I'd kind of forgot about it after I saw it. And then I was like, wait, what? He fucking takes a boat. <laughs> <laughs> and fiend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of like emotional weight in this episode. But, mm-hmm. um, not a lot of action. But. Right. It's just like setting the stage for things to come. What comes next. Yeah. The trap has been laid for Hannibal. <gasps> <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Um, was there anything else about the episode that you wanted to talk about? No, not really. I mean, that, yeah, that was it. I'm just kind of like waiting. For- <laughs> mm-hmm. Waiting for Muskrat Farm. Things get crazy. Uh, yeah, and then we have Red Dragon, which I'm just, yeah. Because is the next, we're in season three, episode four. Red, so, Red Dragon, I can't remember. So five and six are still like Italy, Italy and build up. Seven is, I believe, Muskrat Farm craziness. And then eight is the beginning of Red Dragon. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Get to see some Richard Armitage in his underwear. <laughs> still, still an yes. Italian pool boy in my head. <laughs> Sorry, just reminded me of the Lee Pace thirst traps. Good lord, <sighs> farm life is good for Lee Pace. Yeah. <laughs> he had posted some like camping photos from over the summer <gasps> um, that were a lot of like shirtless canoeing, like. Our entire campsite. Would you go now in that situation? Would you go camping, Jen? Well, yes. <laughs> it's obviously safe. 
obviously it's there's just like we had it's us and all of our gear in this canoe going out somewhere not wearing shirts i still might complain but i would go (laughs) it's so hot (laughs) those were my favorite things about hot and catch fire was gaming giving amy the lee pace report like lee pace Sexually doing data entry. Oh, yeah. I I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch that too? Actually, I didn't watch it. I didn't. I couldn't get really get through it, but I keep it's seeing these It's a hard start. Scenes. It changes in tone and then gets strange. And then like as an IT professional, I like in every episode they have a, oh yeah, they invented Dosey's DSL. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember if that's the one where our friend Miriam said- She did recommend it, yeah. Uh, you- could read up on season one and skip to season two yeah oh they were trying to find tone and like there's some some things they did with the characters that kind of distracted away from tone i think huh it's it's an enjoyable series i haven't finished it it's one of those things i'll just put on occasionally yeah i just see all the juicy bits on tumblr sometimes that's just the best that might be all i need (laughs) it's definitely a tech industry (laughs) moment when like everyone goes and drops acid and invents the internet you know as they do (laughs) Justin likes to watch the history of the business that he works in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's much more sexy in the in retellings. Mm. Um, before we get to recommendations, I don't know <laughs> if we just wanted some space to talk about all the other like media we've been consuming because we we went and saw Dune. Oh yes, Jen and I are long yes, yes. long life Dune fans. Yes, um, which. I would uh, like to recommend the Overinvested podcast episode mm-hmm. about it. They both liked it, mm-hmm. um, but they are still able to put a good critical eye on it. And mm-hmm. they talk about the lack of um, Middle Eastern and North African representation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. through the actors and some of the sort of uh, stereotypes that they play into and in with a particular note about the music. Mm. that is used Mm -hmm. um which was amazing music but it was great but they're kind of talking about the like oh and then there's the shorthand for the exotic yeah ness and the alienness and the intensity and Mm. all of this stuff Mm -hmm. um i don't know if they i do feel like some of it came through with some of the costuming um I don't know if I told you I have seen somebody in a Facebook group I'm on being like, I'm feeling slightly like a Fremen today and wearing lots of wrapped oh no like rope thing. And <laughs> I was like, oh, it's gonna be out there. Yeah, it's gonna be out there, it's yeah. It's gonna be out there. Yeah. Um but yeah, we both it was definitely over the top. Like I said, not quite as campy as the Yeah. Version, I would have but... liked more sort of interior trippiness at some point. Um but I, they got the go ahead to make the next one, and I yes. think like the dude even said like he's going to do a trilogy or uh, something. So I'm interested to see where they take it if they take it to the same place the books go because so far we have not seen that. So oh, it'd be interesting. But yes, we uh, it was and it was great to see it in a theater. Mm-hmm. Like it's beautiful. Yeah. I have Justin has not seen it yet, and oh I told goodness. him if we go, he might have to wear his musician earplugs because it's so loud. It's very loud. Yeah, but- one of those things I enjoy everyone's uh, telling me about. And I I've read like the first few chapters. I've seen. I fell asleep uh, trying to watch the movie like twenty years ago. <laughs> So I have a very fractured view, and I even ran lights for a uh, burlesque show <laughs> version of it. I had no idea what was going on. It was delightful. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know if I want to if I want to lose my innocence to, to the, to the You're franchise. You're like, this has a context, <laughs> but everybody <laughs> loves it. Everybody puts their hands in the box and screams. I don't know what there that's you about. Go. <laughs> it's got it's got some beautiful spaceship oh, yeah. design. Mm-hmm. I heard everything it, about yeah. it. It looks great. And yeah. Some gorgeous rugs. They made sure to point out the podcast. Like, That's what really, really makes rug. most movies is the rugs. Yeah. The <laughs> really ties the movie together. Yeah. 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 People are very happy. <laughs> and Jason Momoa. People are very happy to have Jason Yeah, Momoa. he was a little, like, took me out of the story, I have to say. Like, he was just like, oh, it's Jason Momoa. <laughs> this, was, this might sound a little weird, but he felt a little too mo- modern mm, because mm-hmm. even though dune is supposed to be set way in the future it feels almost archaic right because it's pulling from all these ancient philosophies yes. and stuff yeah. and like a feudal society yeah. and stuff like that so he felt a little too like do 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 yeah <laughs> bro yeah. yeah hey bro how, how's yeah. it going or whatever yeah dude and I, and I like him, but I'm not a huge mm-hmm. Jason Momoa fan, so yeah. I was not quite as delighted to see him as other people were. Yeah, um, yeah the archaic thing is really interesting, though. Somebody said, <laughs> somebody was saying they had just seen the movie and nothing else, and their big question was like, where are all the computers? I thought this was supposed to be a science fiction thing. <laughs> They're like, oh, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could have used a little more context, yeah. I think. A little yeah. more context. Yeah. Because, yeah, you have the Mentats, but they don't really explain who this bread up dude they is. They don't. And... You just see his, like, eyes kind of flip white, yeah. which is cool, but they don't explain, like, where are all the computers? Yes. <laughs> and they don't really explain why the 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 betra- uh, the doctor's betrayal right. is such a big deal. Right. Because, right. Um, yeah, they don't really – I mean, and I'm not against learning about a world – through the context of what you're watching mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i feel like for something as big as dune you could use a little our friends more. that have a bookstore got tired of the in-store conversation of like dune is like star wars but completely different so <laughs> because that's also- the context a lot of people have for for not quite space operas but yeah mm. yeah there is uh, i will find it so we can link space to it Arcturian legend <laughs> yes um, John Hodgman in conversation <laughs> with somebody about the new Dune, where he starts it off by talking about seeing the first Dune movie mm-hmm. and, and reading all the books as a geeky kid. Um, and then he talks about this Dune. Um, but he says when he went to go see it, he was like, so he's my age. So I guess he was like 14 or something. Um, they passed out an informational sheet. <laughs> With the movie, and he found somebody who has it. So it's a, like there's a screenshot in the in the link to his um his article with like terminology for like, the new one. No, for the old. Oh, one. for the original one. For the original uh, Lynch, for David Lynch version, they gave this sheet oh, wow. that you had to read before you watched the movie. <laughs> Everyone loves homework. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, particularly when it's five minutes before the test. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other way? Yeah. Um. I'm going to put out there that I saw Dune in the theater when I was nine. <laughs> it came out in 84. Mm-hmm. I had no context. I had never read the books. I saw it because Sting was in it. I had a huge crush on him. Yeah. And I said, I feel like it is definitely one of the foundational <laughs> moments of my child, like personality. Like, you know, those things that make you yeah. like, set the tone for things. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. You know, I'm like, Dune, Rocky Horror. <laughs> yeah. Like um, but I remember it all making sense to me as a kid, I think because I had nothing to base it on. Mm-hmm. Not just that I hadn't read the books, but I just didn't have experience in 
like the sci and sci-fi and stuff like mm-hmm, that. So mm-hmm. I was just a completely open mind about wow. it. And my mom took me and I'm sure my mom was like, what the fuck <laughs> are we watching? <laughs> what is going on? Um, so I've, I said to Jen when we saw it, I cannot have any sort of objective Mm -hmm. take on Dune because I was exposed to it so early. Right. And, and the really bizarre version of it. So yeah. Early. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a similar feeling about the books because I read them so early and it, it was really my first exposure to a lot of philosophy and religion in a way that I hadn't gotten it before. And critical thinking about that stuff mm-hmm. and critical thinking about um, the environment and um, colonialism in a way that like I had mm-hmm. never been exposed to. Yeah. Like Dune was my first exposure to that kind of stuff. I was going to say, I feel like a lot of the criticism uh, is falling down on the fact that the people talking about the movie don't know where the books go. Right. So they are being like, oh, look, it's another movie about a white savior. And it's like, yeah, well, but the, the, entire- the one sentence review of it is, or the synopsis is, uh, white guys have a planet of cocaine, can't yeah. get along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fight over a planet of a cocaine. Yeah. 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 But it's like, um, but it is also a criticism of the white savior narrative and, and having that, I, knowing that just that one thing, like under your belt, yeah. helps you see how it's setting up mm-hmm. that. If that's where they're going. Yeah. I'm really interested to see if that's where they're going. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Because the Lynch version kind of stops at the, yay, he made it rain. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray. Yay. Now we get to terraform this planet that is unique and special in its own way to make it just like all the other planets. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Though um, no, I was actually speaking on that, I felt like, um, and particularly at the beginning when they show Caladan, I, mm-hmm. I felt like they, the beautiful scenery shots and everything really helped. Like the Atreides knew that they were, they couldn't turn down. Mm-hmm being moved to Arrakis. They mm-hmm. couldn't turn down. Um, and the sadness of leaving this place that they loved. Mm-hmm. And I think that they don't really say that, but I felt like that just the shots of the landscape and everything really gave a good feeling of how um, they didn't want to go. They knew they were being used as a pawn. Mm-hmm. They knew it probably, it was likely not to go well, all these things. And, but it happened, all of that was summed up just through how they shot. Yeah. The yeah. Planet. Yeah. Um, so pretty. Good. Yay. So we recommend it. Um, we also saw Venom, <laughs> <laughs> which was Simbrock, <laughs> which was so much fun. So good. It was ridiculous. It was outlandish. It was, what did we say? The yeah, people have called it the bisexual, like, disaster. Like, disaster movie. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Tentacle porn movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. And um, lots of sweet moments between Venom and <laughs> Eddie Brock. <laughs> like, can we just make a rom-com TV show out of that part? Yeah. Please? Yeah. Uh, really good. Yeah, we went and saw it. I think we were laughing way more than anybody else in that movie. That's either. usually true for anything that we see. <laughs> the three yes. of us were like cackling to yes. the whole thing. <laughs> Which I happen to have a memory come up today <clears throat> on Facebook that was I had posted about I said the first Venom fanfic I read was like a criticism of like journalism gentrification something and something 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 
And so I hit it to see who had responded, and someone had asked for a link. And so I'd linked the fic, but then when I hit the link, it's down, like it's gone. I'm like, shit! Damn it. So it was before I was really saving stuff. (sighs) Um, Oh, we're on round four of MomCat, interrupts the podcast. Yes, yes. One, 13. Justin and I also went Friday night and saw a local theater company do a production of a play about Elizabeth Bathory called Blood Countess. Um, which comes more at the angle of Elizabeth Bathory did do the terrible thing she's accused of doing, mm. but also did the terrible thing she was accused of doing out of the fact that she was expected to basically be pretty and have children and not be ambitious and mm. not be educated and all these other things. Um, it was and, really good. Yeah, yeah, they did a really good job. It was a local, um, a local, literally, we could have walked to the theater if I didn't have to get <laughs> gas afterwards. So we drove. Um, but it is, it was a very interesting play. I would recommend it's yeah. sort of an astro- anachronistic. Oh, cool. Um, they it's do a, a little know, bit more Ju- Julie T- Taymor like, where like they, there are zippers on the stuff because they look cool. Well, it's uh-huh. kind of like yeah, she yeah, figured yeah. out, they figured out like what, how they want to lean into the look and feel of stuff oh, without nice. like worrying about like, oh, they wouldn't do that stitch on that outfit. Yeah. I told Justin I had a little bit of trouble right at the beginning because I read the Frock Flicks blog. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, you know, they didn't. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that bodice is not tight enough. <laughs> it's got stuff. But um, the actors all did a really great job. It's funny. Cool. Um, it's kind of ribald. It's definitely violent. And if you filter out the, the historical facts of things, of, in fact, that there are real people, like, it's a great character to have, like, someone who's upper class and e- not quite evil, but just like, yeah, death is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, and- I, I need fresh blood. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> Mumcat's knocking things over. <laughs> and our favorite character was um, one actor plays all the various virgins, like, like the servant you. girls and the blah, all, everything. And it's everything from like a totally silent servant girl to a kind of stupid peasant farmer to a really stupid <laughs> gentry. And we were like, that was our favorite yeah, she's just like her mouth. Help me was just like, <laughs> yeah. destroy the audience. It was yes. a really, it was a really Aww. fun and, and, and energetic audience too. Yeah. So it's a great showing. So yeah, it's Kellyanne. I'm gonna. I always said it wrong. Kellyanne Conway Blanchard is the is the playwright. Mm. Blood Countess. It's um. There might be a small theater in Erie that plays it. It's a good Halloween. Mm. Yeah, they did it for Halloween. Oh, cool. Um, and I was gonna say adjacent to that, um, Noble Blood podcast did a recent episode about Elizabeth Bathory, where um they talk about basically like she. It's quite likely she did not do the things she was accused yeah. of. Doesn't mean she yeah. was a nice person. Yeah. Um, but it was probably uh, all set up in order to get her lands and money mm-hmm. because people of uh, she had lent out a lot of money to people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all that got wiped away when she was convicted. Um, they also said she probably was not walled up into one room, like they say, but she was just under house arrest. So mm-hmm. she did have a castle. Yeah to be around so um that's why my 13th great granny was burned <laughs> as a witch for, for having it for, oh, she for had a castle money? and she had land and they wanted yeah, fuck it that. We take so care of that they right accused away. her of um trying to poison uh king james james i don't know yeah yeah you went there anyway you have to get this that's why they burned her yeah they burned her in the uh calton hill in Edinburgh. Was she burned? Or she was She was actually burned. She was time. actually burned. She's wow. one of the people burned on the hill. Wow. Yeah. 
You should be like, this land is mine. <laughs> Give it back. Or I'll poison you all. Wait, no. I'll poison uh, you all. Jen didn't know this when we went to Edinburgh. I didn't. I didn't know anything about it. But we didn't walk up that fucking hill. We didn't walk up that <laughs> No, but I walked up Arthur, Arthur's seat. Yeah. But we didn't go to the other hill. We didn't go to the castle. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, do we want to go up there? We're like, no, we want to go eat up. tasty pork sandwiches. <laughs> no, I up. did all the up that happened. That Take care time. of it for everyone. I walked two thirds of the way up that hill. <laughs> did you go all the way up? Two thirds of the way. Oh, wow. And then it got hot. It got too steep. Mm. And my vertigo kicked in. Oh, and you had Heather pieced out. Yeah, we did. We I was like, I don't see them anymore. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I mean, I'll put it this way. Coming down was a lot faster than going up. Anyway, yeah. I mean, the 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 moral of the story is that um, people will come for your land if you're anything less than a white man. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> right, Ranger? Heck that, he says. He's like, heck it. Um, and recommendations. Uh, I would like to recommend the book Hench by Natalia Zina Weishatz, which is um, – set in a world where there are villains and superheroes and there are temp agencies to provide them with the temp workers that they need. Oh, you're telling me about this. Yes, I haven't really finished it yet. It. I'm still working on it. I'm still, yeah. we were talking about the like lack of um, attention span due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so I had sort of creep my way through books, um, but it's really good and um, feels particularly timely with all of the, you know, minimum wage and trying to get workers and stuff like that and people being taken advantage of and mm-hmm. um, and all that stuff. The main character is this temp worker who <coughs> does work more for villains and gets hurt by a superhero um, and kind of ignored, uh, you know, they just sort of blow off. Much like many workers, when their bodies end up getting broken service of the people that they work for. Um, and she gets recruited by this like super villain wow. to do stuff. And um, it is really, it's really, really good. I'm, I'm going to read it. Yeah. I think you like it. Did you have anything else to recommend? I had something because it occurred to me. I was thinking about the fanbull fandom and mm-hmm. how funny it is that over the years there's been like, marriages and like people getting together and one of the funniest things to come out of it for me i think is that like there's a full-on like which which is coven to come out of it. <laughs> like they get together for solstices and stuff it's that's really sweet um so what i'm going to recommend is there's a between the worlds conference happening in january mm-hmm. of like esoteric witchcraft type stuff it's really good um it's in maryland and um there's lots of good teachers and stuff so i thought Maybe some folks might be into that. Cool. Yeah. And that is, um, is this the first one they've had in person since? Yeah. So this one was postponed because of COVID, but it's going to happen in January. Um, and I think it's been going for, oh my gosh, lots and lots of years. Happens in Hunt Valley. Um, it's meant to be sort of past a 101 kind of knowledge of stuff. So there's some presenters and some teachers that are talking about sort of higher level type stuff. Um, a lot of the teachers are great. I, I wouldn't recommend all of them. If you want to know which ones I don't recommend, DM me on Twitter and I'll let you know. <laughs> um, but overall, it's fabulous. And they have a gala event um, on Saturday night that they're doing. They're raising money for their um, new Alexandrian library, which is the only library on owned land, uh, owned pagan land that is that that is going to like um, archive a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and so it's a really fabulous project and 
yeah. this this will happen um Hunt Valley is about 20 yeah. minutes north of Baltimore City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes that light rail right from the airport. Yeah, yeah. Handy. If it's light rail. Yeah, which you is can. nice. Um, but yeah, I've never been to one. I think I was thinking about, because there was one I think was supposed to be like the spring 2020 that got... That's the one I think that got postponed. That got postponed. This, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because this gal, it's going to be... Um, uh, Tempest and her husband, who Nathaniel Johnstone, yeah, are going to be there. And Ego Likeness is also playing. Oh, oh those guys, the gala, Justin. So, can I say that? Yeah, that's Justin's my first band. previous band. Your previous no, I didn't band. want people uh, so, looking I you know, up online. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. But they're, they're going to tell. No. They're they're at the gala. So, <laughs> cool. I yeah. actually get to visit my friends. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> did you have any recommendations, Justin? Yeah, I did, and you're probably going to disagree, but I'm going to recommend The Green Knight. Think it was bad. It's it's a it's a good move. I think it's a good movie, not a great retelling of the Arthurian legend. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's uh, it's tense in spots. It's it's got a whole range. I really enjoyed watching mm-hmm. it. And then like afterwards, I started thinking about it too much. Dev Patel is radiant, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 a uh, beautifully shot movie and. Um, it's, a, it's definitely an experience. Go see it on the quality quality systems. Mm. Though I I would recommend if you do watch it at home, turn on the subtitles. Yeah, because oh, the sound point. the the um, dialogue sound is really low, mm-hmm. and um, and it is kind of it is dark dark literally like literally visually yeah. like the lighting is low well <laughs> here we are in a hannibal podcast so yeah, yeah. we're prepared for that who needs lighting <laughs> who needs lights fuck that show. you can't afford that in this economy <laughs> <laughs> so i think that's it um you can find us i forgot to write my put my little outro in here oh. so uh but I, we don't have a phone number i have to remember no anymore, but nobody but, yeah that. you can find us at headfulofhannibal.com <clears throat> On uh, Instagram that we don't post at is Headful of Hannibal. <laughs> Twitter is Headful of Hanny. You can email us at Headful of Hannibal at gmail.com. Um, yeah, if you wanted to try to meet up with Jen for uh, Between the Worlds, you can also message us on our Twitter account. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so um, we, I think things are going to ease up a little bit now. That was, a, it was a really busy fall. Oh my it God. It felt like everything <laughs> I, kind of relaunched all of a sudden. So much more relaxed now. Jesus. Yeah. I'm yeah. ready to sort of like hermit and watch Hannibal and other stuff and yeah. talk about it. Yeah. And yeah. And, Let's do this. And realized that this summer was our, it had been five years since we started this podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I maintain that we're the longest running cannibal podcast. We think we are <laughs> we the longest podcast. running. Yeah. Not the most prolific, but the longest running. We might have the most hours of recorded material <laughs> <Maybe>. too. <laughs> and we, um, uh, I mean, we pretty much took 2020 off. Yeah. So, yeah. well, yeah. Pandemic. No, so. no blame. No, no blame shame. No, no blame. Not at all. <laughs> no, no, no. Not at all. Um, but yeah, so we will be back before too long. And thank you for joining us. Bye. 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 <laughs>